Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It's me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Couple oh, hell of, yeah. A couple of lucky credentialed media guys <laughs> and best <laughs> yeah. friends who uh, get to bring you Clippers news five days a week. We love it. That's a pretty uh, good time. We got a heck of a show lined up for you today. We're going to kick things off with the freshies. We're just kind of talking what's new, what's fresh in Clipperland. Charles has already sold me on a new possible <laughs> pickup uh, for the for the Clippers in the draft. Peyton Pritchard. We're going to be taking a look at that. He's a point guard uh, with actual distribution skills, which is exciting to me. And, and range, baby. And some range. Uh, and then we're going to wrap things up with shavings, where we just kind of kick around, see what's going on uh, in the NBA. We have to give a shout out to Built Bar. Uh, today's episode is, of course, brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get 20% off your next order. Also, if you're listening to this on uh, Monday, November 2nd, go ahead and make sure you voted. You know, you can only vote uh, on the 3rd. So, you know, make sure you knock that out. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So welcome to the Freshies, uh, where we kind of talk every Monday. We kind of talk, you know, what we want to see, maybe about some new players, just fresh stuff. And I was thinking today on this Sunday, is the mm-hmm. Clippers' biggest need a just a refresh culture, just 100%? I think so. Uh, I, th- I think totally. Uh, you know, we've talked about this being uh, one of those – unquantifiable things that was so wrong with the team this year. So it's like, that's the thing. Like, so I want to, before we really get into it, I feel like culture is something where it gets thrown around a lot. It gets thrown around and you know, when a team and like culture identity, all kind of the same thing, right? Like culture is just the, the 2019 to whenever we decide to get a new term word for it. Um, It's like, you know, when a team has it and you know, when a team doesn't have it and it didn't feel like the Clippers had it at all last season yeah i mean other than some stretches uh yeah i agree uh it it felt a little rocky in terms of having an identity that thing never really got locked down i mean there were things that we kicked around or that we thought that this team would be uh you know we certainly thought that it was going to be a a defensive-minded team Mm -hmm. um which you know we never really brought the intensity there uh it, it did pick up in the playoffs but uh, through the regular season, I, I don't feel like we really laid the groundwork well enough to get that to happen. I know that there were issues uh, with some of the schemes. I know that Kalamian ended up switching up a, a bunch of kind of things, uh, and they, you know, they really struggled uh, to run switches on the court. Uh, <laughs> Literal so, switches, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that um, I do think that there was maybe more moving pieces than we've really given credit for thus That's far. Yeah. I, and once again, not trying to make excuses, but like the, I, I do think that there were issues schematically, uh, which definitely are going to detract from that identity or, or moving in that direction. If people aren't clear, you know, exactly what their role is in that. And like, so you talk about like ex- clear in their role and it's funny. Cause like the most like, culture this the Clippers had during Doc's tenure was Lob City right because it's literally in the name you know (laughs) like like DeAndre Jordan Blake and those early years knew their roles and everything like that and it was even hard to expand out of those roles which was kind of you know we 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 dreamed about point blank or point Blake so much excuse me like it almost became like almost Jermichael at the five level stuff Um, but after that Paul George Kawhi trade it just kind of just goes out the window 
And I'm, I'm really interested to see if Lou can institute his own culture, which is something that when you've coached a team with LeBron James is kind of hard to do, right? Like we know that LeBron James doesn't coach the team, right? Like yeah. we know that a lot more goes into that, but in terms of what the culture of the team is, LeBron sets that tone pretty well, right? Like that's 100%. You know, the culture's LeBron. 100%. So you now know what, like, you know what you're coming into as a player. Like he, you know, exactly. he as a player and a leader is strong enough that you even know when a free agent goes there, they That's know the what culture. they're getting into. Yeah. yeah. This is what you're doing. So now we have this thing where it's like Ty Lu has a pretty I mean, something he's really kind of never done before, except for maybe when initially he kind of thought that in his last year in Cleveland before they canned him for not wanting to just be bad. Yeah. Um, but this is a pretty big weight for Lou to put on his shoulders, which is kind of instituting this brand new culture. And you're putting this on Lou. I, he's the new head coach. It's, I mean, it's obviously there's, there's a couple other avenues that need to work with him, right? Like we've talked about Kawhi. Definitely. Yes. We've talked about Paul George needing to kind of step up on these things, but I mean, there wasn't really a culture or kind of even a regime when Doc was there. Like, there was no system. There was nothing you're kind of drilling the guys on. So now that you're actually drilling guys on a system, we hope and kind of assume, which I think is fair for a lot of fans, like, that brings the culture too. It has to be a whole new culture. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I, I guess my only thing would be he's still not on the court. You know what I mean? Like he's no, on. The- yeah. So I agree with that. Like I, I still sure. think that it's going to need to be uh, someone on the roster as well. Who's going to be willing to step up and, and he it, needs help. Yeah. He's, and he's setting the tone, which I think is so difficult. Like yes. he's got to get Kawhi for the most part, right? The best player on the team to buy in. Mm-hmm. And then not just buy in though. Cause we've talked about this. It can't just be play. Someone has to be in enforcing like what that culture is and like what that is yeah. on the court. For sure. That's where it matters. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's great if they build this thing in practice, but if it's not coming across in communication again on the court and like it, it if someone's not, verbally as well as just conclusively taking over that role i i still worry about you know what habits we're going to revert to and and what we're going to go back to essentially yeah it's it's so much to try and do and it's not i'm not saying this is that i don't think he can do it but you know the, the segment is the freshies and this would be the freshest thing for the team which is an actual identity we had yes. it the weird thing is, is we had it in 1819. Like we had the seeds of an identity. Yeah, we were like Grand City 2.0. Yeah, and then like, you know, good things happened, which is so interesting to kind of rationale um, that it kind of, you know, that kind of went off the tracks. But I have kind of a hot take. I don't want to see if the, like the roster needs to be finalized for the whole season going into this season, I don't want to see any midseason trades with what is going to be a shortened season or anything at all. I think that's fair. Uh, it's kind of like I was talking about in the bubble, like how the uh, essentially the runway gets continually shorter yeah. and shorter. Uh, <laughs> and by willingly putting yourself in a position where it, like you have to, you have to bring new pieces in, um, it, it definitely it's a makes detriment. it difficult. Yeah, it's definitely a detriment. And then especially, you know, we might see some sort of bubble situation again, at least for the playoffs or something. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the more wrenches you throw in the system, like the harder it's the harder it's going to be to get it to reach its pinnacle uh, in you know a, a matter of weeks instead of months. Right. Yeah. Like barring some absurd circumstances, of course. Like there, we just got to let 
Lou use the roster that starts the damn year. (laughs) Yes. I think it just makes sense. And then what do we think about maybe some Clippers and some award situations for next season? So I was just wondering, like, what would it take for Kawhi to get back into the MVP? Like, even the conversation. Got to average 40. He's got to average 40, you think? I don't, I don't, because of what the weird situation is with the Clippers where like every outlet also seems to love dumping on the Clippers and hates the Clippers. I think there's a lens over the majority of people who vote for MVP that a Clippers player literally might not ever win the MVP <laughs> no matter what they do. I, I think that that's super interesting, right? Because there, <laughs> there was no way it was happening last year no. uh, just because the hype, you know, given to the team. Uh, and I think, yeah, from a narrative standpoint, I guess it's difficult because you have Kawhi and Paul George on the team, but you still have LeBron in the conversation when but in, you know, like there's other star, there's another star on the team. So the narrative thing I think is funny because LeBron does things like post him like anime pictures of himself and like a, like a water regeneration chamber. Yeah. And with Kawhi, there literally is no narrative because he doesn't let you, he doesn't let the press have a narrative. Yeah. And so all these reporters. And media members who vote on things and say, oh, well, we don't have a narrative. Part of you absolutely does because Kawhi doesn't give you anything. So I yeah. think you're upset about that inherently. Got you. So you think it's, uh, it, it goes all the way to the top. It's a media it goes, Look, it goes all the way to the top. It's the media bias. Uh, uh, but no, like realistically, I think Kawhi would have to, dude, he'd have to put up like over 30, over seven, and then probably set another career high in assists. Yeah, yeah. Um, he finished the season like it doesn't jump out at you. He, I mean, necessarily. It's great, but he finished the season 27-7-5. and five. Like, that's so good. Yeah, I, it's so good. Is it MVP caliber? I mean, a lot of guys are, you know, scoring 30 plus 10 boards plus. I mean, Giannis had like eight or nine assists. something. And he's got to spread it around. Like, we had, you know, like this year was so goofy with rotations and stuff. But, like... Yeah, man. I don't know. It it would be tough for I think it's going to be tough for Kawhi to win an award as a Clipper, and that that that's no disrespect towards Kawhi at all. That's just I, that's just how the team goes. It seems like. Is there any way though that the Clippers could fly low enough under the radar this year? Like expectations oh. are so low that you know <laughs> something something terrible happens. Like uh, if Paul George was out for a, a stretch or something, and Kawhi was carrying the team, a la uh, James Harden. Yeah, know, like I. I think yeah. it would have to be kind of something like that, or like you're saying, Agreed. Like an absurd statistical season. Yeah. Um, where I don't know. We could see it. I I don't know. I don't. It takes so like the other thing is like I think it'd be easier for Kawhi to win Finals MVP than regular season MVP. <laughs> like for this team, like yeah, oh, if they make for, it to the finals, sure. Kawhi yeah. is winning. You know, like it's just yeah, it's very interesting. Um, we should yeah maybe next episode we'll talk about possible award situations for the Clippers because if we sign Trez again, there is a chance he could repeat as six man. There is. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, coming up after us, let us know if you think Kawhi, what he'd have to do to win MVP. Fantastic question posed by William, the opinion uh, coming up. We're talking Peyton Pritchard, uh, a multi-year guy out of Oregon. But first, Will, talk to me about these built Bars. What's the deal with these things? Oh, man. built Bar. So it's a health bar that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, they were mm. great before. Now they're new and improved. They're even more delicious than they were. Come in 18 amazing flavors with nut and non-nut for those with allergies out there. The new flavors include some yummy ones. You got a caramel <laughs> brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia. Which, oh, you feel me? Quick tangent. 
Does Cherry? Does Jerry Garcia even like cherries? He, there's no way he doesn't. He's like used in so many things. I just wonder. It's the if he's, jolly. It's the jolliest of fruits. I, I just wonder if maybe he like <laughs> secretly hates it, and it's like, man, I wish my name was anything but Jerry. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, some other flavors include lemon almond cheese day, lemon almond cheesecake, as well as carrot cake and apple almond crisp. Uh, the bars are inc- incredible. They're healthy. They're great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, they're low sugar, high protein, high fiber, which makes them great for the keto diet. And right now we have a very special offer for our listeners. If you go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, that's all caps, one word, you'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Okay, welcome to the Peyton Pritchard experience, as I'm now calling it. I love Um, it. So, yeah, so it's funny. uh, NBADraft.com, it's like run by the league. They have this kind of funny like mock draft thing where they just have like a couple paragraphs about the team. And for the Clippers, they were like, they they mentioned Peyton Pritchard, so I thought I'd dive into it. And they said it might be kind of lucky for him to to get down to us. You might be able to trade up to him. But as William, the opinion, and I were talking before we started recording, any pick between 50 and 57, no disrespect, you can shuffle those any way you want. Yeah, it gets pretty difficult. It just seems kind of crazy. Um, but Peyton Pritchard, he was the Pac, he's from the Pac-12. He was the player of the year in the Pac-12 at Oregon. He won the Bob Cousy Award for the nation's best point guard. Um, he's, he's, he's not athletic. He's 6'2", 190 pounds, 6'4", wingspan. Yes, you heard that right. Just a two-inch difference between his wingspan and his height. There was a bunch of hype for this kid to kind of show what he could do in the NCAA tournament. Like it was one of, He's one of those players, you know? Uh-huh. It's like played pretty good during the regular season, but oh, when he gets to that tournament, like this is going to be his coming out party. That obviously didn't happen um, because of uh, COVID. <laughs> as we, if you're not familiar, it's the current pandemic throttling the United States. Um, his senior year, he averaged 20 points, four boards, and five assists, plus one and a half steals. So, like, I mean, the numbers are kind of there, right? Like, yes. if you're looking at a 57th pick, like, or we move up, something like that. Like, these are nice numbers. And his splits are even better. Very efficient. 47, 41, 82. Oh, my God. And he's, he's averaging 41% from three on 6.8 three-pointers a game. So, he's letting it fly. And like, some of these are deep, deep, you were saying, right? Yeah. So, I was watching highlights of uh, – old PP as I don't think he's called it all. Um, he's like, he hits an, an overtime game winner against uh, the Huskies. That's from probably like 34 feet out. Like, so he has a clutch gene. He's hitting shots from beyond NBA range. Like the trigger is there. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna, he's gonna get it done. What you're saying uh, is the Clippers have the net, the next Dame Lillard. in <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, the issue is like, so he gets a lot of praise for his playmaking. Like he's been, he was at Oregon for four years. He played around some NBA talent. So like he knows how to facilitate better players, right? Like yeah, if definitely. you're the small, not very athletic point guard for the University of Oregon, but you've been the starter for four years, you kind of know how to make other people play to their strengths, right? Um, his biggest knocks are limited athleticism, very short wingspan, but he's stout and he's got good hands on defense. I don't know if I mentioned this. He averaged one and a half steals a game. Yes. Um, so, like, he can body up when he needs to. And I think he has quicker feet than people give him credit for. Like, 
I, I think the stoutness maybe throws off people's respect for his, um, his quick feet. The defensive ceiling, though, like seems pretty close to where he's at right now. Like the lack of wingspan, like you just seems like you got to work on lateral movement and that's about it, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I like that the big knock is just not athletic. Just uh, not athletic. Which Five, really years, like. would, would really <laughs> bum you out reading the scouting report uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're Mr. Payton. But I, I don't know how much of this is truly just built on his frame, though. Because, I mean, obviously you're right. Like, there is a ceiling um, with, a, with a player like this, um, you know, more likely than not. Uh, but like how much of this unathleticism is built on his actual game and how much of it is just because, you know, he, he physically athletic guy yeah. does not have the specs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I got to I'm definitely going to run back some more Peyton Pritchard tape. Um, I think, but like, I, you know, he's going to have a hard time like getting to the rim in the NBA. Like he's not going to be a guy who ever is like driving and scoring. Yeah. But I mean, the range is insane. Like, I would put Peyton Pritchard in the the category that I think if you've listened to Locked On Clippers before, you kind of understand that we love this category of player, which is player who could have some fun in the G League, but maybe getting called up doesn't seem like a real possibility perspective. Like, this guy seems like he'd be kind of the point guard version of Angel Delgado when he was in the G League for the Clippers. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it, like – it's an exciting pick because of that. Um, and like the Pac-12 isn't horrible, and he shot forty-one percent from three on seven attempts a game. Like, yeah, that's a, that's an eyebrow-raising stat. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, he has a terrible haircut in his. Uh, oh, it's bad. Style. He's got a lot of stuff against him: the athleticism, the haircut. Um, He's got to work on that haircut. I mean, that's not a, that is not a draft haircut. That's not an NBA haircut. I mean, I think I agree with you on that one hundred percent. But yeah, so Tankathon has him at forty ninth on their big board. They have him projected going fifty third to the Thunder. So like, I don't know. Maybe he'd fall to the Clippers. But I think it'd be an interesting pick. It'd be a fun. T- I think there'd be some good G League highlights from this because I'm also not sure what we're expecting from our fifty seventh pick within. I mean, even at least one season is a wash. Like, you have one season to develop as our 57th pick comfortably, and you're fine, right? Like, you're not getting playing time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but, I mean, that that w- could still be a good litmus test. Um, you know, like I said, we, we have not really developed any G League players that well. Um, other teams have had massive success with it, though. Um, and, you know, this – this could be a, a, a situation like that if you were to fall as low as 57. I mean, I, I like that he has four years. I mean, the the splits are there. You know, who knows if that would hold up in the NBA. But, I mean, the, he, he has the ability to score efficiently um, and certainly much more experience um, at point than, you know, who we took as a guard last year. So <laughs> Yeah, he's played four years of it. Like, for one of yeah. the best stretches of Oregon basketball. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah. Also, first player in Pac-12 history to have 1,900 career points, 500 rebounds, and 600 assists. That's what I mean. Like, this seems like a classic multi-year Clippers player, right? Like, Angel Delgado won. I can't remember what award it was, but he won the Best Power Forward Award. Um, like, I don't know. This this kind of screams trademark Clippers late round pick. Definitely. Definitely. 
I don't know if there's any betting odds on it, uh, but if there is, I'm taking – I'd put $5 on Peyton Pritchard being the 57th pick for the Clippers. <laughs> or <laughs> they move up. I don't know what you trade to move up from 57 to 53. Maybe it's just like, I don't know, like $800. But I would, I would bet that it happens. Um, let us know what you think about the Clippers draft. Uh, been pretty quiet. That's how things go. The draft is pretty soon. It's in less than 20 days, I'm pretty sure, right? Yes. Something like that. Uh, coming up, we're talking, you know, just some new total NBA figures. Um, another Clippers coach got poached. And a reminder to vote. Also, shaving's coming up next. It's an ode to our old podcast. Go check it out. Uh, one more time, coming up after this, some shavings. Hey, we're back with shavings. Just kind of opening up the drawer, see what's kicking around in what's there. What's in there, you know? Uh, <laughs> So there's some new kind of figures flying around about the NBA start. You know, we, we'd heard as early as December 22nd, uh, certainly the, the players association wanted to push back from that. Um, now it's, it's seeming like the, the league could lose as much as a billion dollars if they were to delay the start of the season until January. That figure is also per the league, which I yes. think is funny. So, like, maybe the, you know, we're getting close to the election. People's brains are going a little crazy right now. Mine went crazy when I saw this tweet because I'm like, so the league went, we're going to lose $500 million, which everyone was like, that's a whole lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> like, so this is definitely um, happening for sure. And then there was kind of some impasses. And then it was like, oh, it's not $500 million. It's a billion. It's <laughs> like double they, now. They just doubled the whole thing up. So, like, I don't know, man. It like Woj also said as of October 30th, there didn't seem to be any progress really made. Said there's a gulf between the players' union and the owners. Doesn't it like they're just gonna keep elevating this figure and tying it to the salary cap and salaries? And for better or for worse, it seems like the season's starting on December, right? Like December twenty second. Yeah, so I mean, this has kind of been my thought all along. I I mean I knew that they would come to an impasse like this if they, if they were to delay past, you know, certainly past the 25th of December. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know why it has to be as early as the 22nd. I feel like I, at that point you're pulling hairs, like maybe just have two Christmas games uh, and, yeah. and have everybody kind of work in after that. It's still, I don't know. It still seems really early. And I, I think, I think the issue too is like what is it going to look like schedule wise still um once the season starts you know like where where exactly are we going to be ending it uh, how many games are are, are they going to have to play in a limited amount of time like w- what does that look like that like back to back wise because i think where i think there's a clear line for the nba to to try and like ease that that rift in sort of where discussions are headed is presenting a plan um, that optimizes player health with, you know, yes. spaced out time. It has to be the biggest thing. Um, and, and I do think that that would be more agreeable even with the earlier start date um, because you're worried about jumping immediately into the grind uh, of, of an NBA season. Uh, yeah. Especially like right around Christmas. Like, well, and also like, so in, in the MLB this year, we saw teams who maybe didn't think they'd have as much of a shot in the 162-game season truly go all in on a shorter season. And while the NBA season won't be as short as, you know, the difference between 60 games for the MLB to 162, like there's going to be teams who are just going for it, you know, like even harder than before, I think, because they kind of understand the nature of a short season. It's like how the 
you know, it's like how the five game series helps the lower seed a lot more than the seven game series. Definitely. Like, no, that, that's a great point. And I, I think that that could kind of benefit, you know, some of these younger teams, certainly. Um, and, you know, that is where I guess it is a detriment if you, you know, if you have to rest players um, and, and things like that. But if, if it certainly if it was more spaced out, um, which yeah. I, I doubt that they'd be willing to do less games <laughs> over more time. Um, but I do think that like you could still realistically try and limit some of those back to back numbers. Um, and, and I think that you could start to have a conversation with the players association of, you know, starting a little bit sooner. Yeah. I mean, it, I'll go ahead. Do you, I was going to say, do you think that like, how, how worried are you about another lockout at this point? So I don't know. I haven't thought about that. I've, I've been, so LA Clippers film has had some, some pretty good tweets about how like, like it, it, people are saying like the season starting on December 22nd would be a pretty quick turnaround only kind of for the teams who played playoff basketball. There's half the league that didn't play playoff basketball that didn't yes. do the bubble that's been chilling out and not really gotten run in. So like, I'm not at the point where I think that I think I may be on his side where I'm like, I don't think it's that too soon anymore, but lockout wise, like this adds a whole different kind of lockout, right? Like this is a reason for a lockout that I don't, that no one's ever really, there's no precedent for it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think the chances are low for a lockout, but I think, Think they're higher than they were i mean pre even october 30th on this Woj tweet like he said he says there's a gulf yeah <laughs> like, well, he went into his thesaurus for that tweet <laughs> I mean, you bring up an interesting point too that you know it while it's certainly far for or, uh, certainly a short time for the contenders i mean so many people have not been playing uh could we stagger a season start is that insane <laughs> Yeah, maybe stagger it. Maybe have like, or maybe have the early season start, and then we have like a mid-season break, a la like in soccer they have the transfer window. That's like kind of a a big amount of time players don't play. And yeah, you can do things like that. Like you might have to rethink just kind of the cycle of the whole season. Yeah, well, they've advocated a like a you know the mid-season tournament is like a big idea that the NBA. Which I'm on board for. Um, I, I like the idea, but I also get why the players are like, no, man. We're gonna play oh, a in pandemic extra- era? Yeah, get it out of here. We're, we're going <laughs> to play like a bunch of extra games and stuff. I, I think that, uh, you know, if you could pitch like a, another break, like maybe instead of just the all-star break, like we have, you know, what we would call the mid-season break or whatever. Yeah, what if the all-star uh, breaks just they tack a week onto each side of the game? Yeah, like right. A three-week break where it's yeah. like get your do whatever – you know, yeah, I don't know. There's a and there's there's still so much shit they got to figure out after the start date. It seems like definitely. Oh yeah, uh, like I, mean, I think we're getting basketball next year. I'm not gonna go on that on that road yet and say that I don't think we're getting basketball next year. But there's a lot of stuff to figure out. I think if anything, like what this talks about, and you know the difference between what the association wants uh, and, and what the players union wants, it's that. Uh, there's definitely going to be fans in the in in the stadium. I think that that's Oof. one thing uh, yeah. that you definitely can like look forward to or worry about, depending on your position. Worry uh, about? I'm in the worry about camp. None of these are open air. <laughs> uh, as a person, but I I think just with the loss of revenue, I mean, we're seeing how uh, obviously that's going to be the the biggest deal uh, for the organization. Um, they you know they wanted the revenue bad enough that they were willing to be the you know league to get a bubble to work yeah um, or certainly the largest one uh, yeah for sure and yeah they're definitely going to want fans in the stands so i i 
I would be very surprised if that uh, that wasn't the reality for for the 2021 season. Oof, we're waiting on these questions. Uh, we'll have updates for y'all on Locked On Clips when we get them. Um, another quick Clippers update: Clippers G League coach Brian Adams, not the singer uh, from Canada who sang "Summer of '69," is joining Doc Rivers in Philly. I hope Kalamian's up next. It feels like a lot of his other coaches are joining him, and Kalamian hasn't been named yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious if he doesn't, um, who they'll end up picking um, for. Oh, and Alan Brand has got an extension out there, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oof. I, I, I feel like I'm watching a train wreck. Definitely. <laughs> like, it's because Doc, the only reason I'm really paying this much attention is because Doc is there, and it's just like – I don't think Doc's in any better position. I think Doc's in a worse position to succeed than any of his other years with the Clippers. Ian, I'm counting 18-19. Yeah, yeah. I mean, expectations are high. Uh, You're in a conference where it's really not excusable to to not make it out of the uh, second round, even though it's where they have been stuck. Yeah, um, but like, dude, he's going to another team that's like, we got to make it out of the second round. Yeah. <laughs> and we're yeah. worse than the team you were just on, I think. <laughs> and the pieces definitely make it a lot more difficult. Um, and we just hired a, a guy who has a radical view of analytics, and you don't. Like, yeah. ugh. We, we, we got to talk to the Lockdown Sixers guys about how they feel about this whole thing. I'd love to. It sounds like, I mean, it's uh, – I wish they did, like, a documentary. <laughs> yeah, we need the doc doc, if you will. Um, and then one more time, just last thing in the shaming thing, just a reminder to vote, y'all. Go ahead, just get your vote in. Um, if you haven't already, there's still time. You can vote on November 3rd. You can go to Dodger Stadium. Pretty sure you can go to Staples Center too. Probably go to a local community center in your area. But just just vote, you know? Got to do it. Got to do it. Um, vote. Also, please rock that mask. Um, I noticed a distinct lack of NBA players posting what they did for Halloween, which means uh, they went probably to large gatherings. So let's just keep those masks on everybody. Uh, Coming up on Tuesday, we're going to be answering your questions as always on Twitter Tuesday. So send those to at locked on clips, maybe some more draft scuttlebutt. Uh, And then of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland will, where can these fantastic listeners tell their friends to find us? You can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. You can tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. Uh, Yeah, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. You know, the season may be uh, encroaching upon us even sooner than we thought. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So there's plenty of news to cover there. Uh, If you like what we're doing over here, leave a rating and review. Uh, It'll help us out. Thanks so much. Keep rocking with us. Yes, thank you again. I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike, and we appreciate you.